Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Oi, the boys on Footy Prime on occasion are known to use vulgarities and frankly appalling language. And sometimes tales are quite adult in nature. So keep the volume down if there are kiddies around. And thank you for listening. Coming to you live from the French language studio of Footy Prime Complex, it's the Amy Walsh Show, starring Amy Walsh, featuring Jimmy's fucking left foot. A fist-shaking rant by Grumpy James Sharman. A live, unplugged performance way up in the sky from Craig Forrest. And a special rematch of Bruni Surin versus Dan Wong in the 100-meter dash. Let's get this party started. Also, do you have any spare change? I uh, don't have enough money to get home on the bus, uh, so anything would be appreciated. What do you mean I can't sleep here? Oh, let's go! Booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. Booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. You know that we are the number one show. So grab your fucking mitts and now it's time to go, cause it's the booty, booty. It's time to get this party started. It's the booty, booty. It's time to get this party started with Danny G. Oh, she's fantastic. Yeah, she's yeah. so good. Yeah. It's pretty prime, everyone. It's uh, Wednesday. It's a foundation show. We've got some big news, we think. Huge news. Um, back from, from the Lurgy, from the plague, back from Palm Springs, even. We think we have Craig Forrest. And he was here, like, like what, 15 seconds ago? Yes. Jimmy? Yes. And he just popped away, disappeared. So we're hoping that he returns at some point because everyone's missed Craig. Have you noticed that on our Twitter feeds? Everyone's really missed Craig. They really do. They want his opinion. They want to know what he thinks, which is very odd. Because if you know Craig's brain, you don't really honestly want to know what he thinks on most things. Yeah, it depends depends when you get him as well. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) People think that he's got a bad internet connection. But it's, that isn't it. It's actually a delay. When, when you ask Craig a question, there's like a 10-second delay. <laughs> and it's a great answer that comes out eventually. But it's not the inter- – you can't blame Rogers or Bell or whatever internet supplier he has, Wind or whatever it is, 
Win mobile, <laughs> Free, freedom mobile, or he's jumping on the uh, the Wi-Fi of his neighbor up top ahead of him. <laughs> he he. Uh, so I want you guys to know his uh, electricity. He was he was very not feeling well, so he was under the weather, and his like he woke up to his electricity for uh, with uh, four thousand other households in Toronto not uh, not having power. So he spent the day and evening with me, and he was my Valentine. Yeah. And I caught him doing some self love. There yeah. you <laughs> I believe it. Right on the couch. Because I'm home. My whole I, family. I was talking to him in the morning and I went for a good walk, probably an hour, a dog <laughs> walk. And he was just going off on one. And then he was explaining to me how he's got no power, nothing. He's been sitting there for hours. His milk's going off and everything's thawing. I was like, Craig, it's. It's minus three out. Why don't you just put it on the balcony? What'd you think? <laughs> He's like, holy fuck. Yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> he, he also said to us that he was really thirsty, but luckily his cats had a bowl full of water. So he drank that. <laughs> <laughs> He's drinking from the cat bowl. Can you just picture it? Oh, got, yeah. On his old fours. I, I think the, the cats, the felines must rule the roost there, right? Oh, yeah, Absolutely. It's oh, yeah. like move over, get off your bed. You're sleeping on the floor. Yeah, you could see. I bet if the, especially the big one, if oh. that's on the couch. Oh yeah. And the fourth was standing there, and he said, "Excuse me, cat, I'd like to sit down." If the cat didn't move, he'd just stand there, eat his bowl of cereal. <laughs> but anyway, Craig will be joining us shortly. I think um, we'll we'll wait and see. If not, someone should probably uh, run around there and see if he's okay because he was just here literally five minutes ago. Um, but but lots to get to today. Uh, Champions League. And Premier League action on this Wednesday. Did you catch the City Arsenal game, Jimmy? Yes, I did. Woo, three one. That felt like a big match, didn't it? That was fun. I, yeah, I really enjoyed that match. one. Uh, Kevin De Bruyne to Erling Haaland. They've done that six times this season. Best partnership, I believe, in in, in the Premier League. Uh, City back in first place on goal differential. Arsenal now winless in three in the league, four overall. It, is yep. this decline? From what you saw in that match, do you sense a decline happening here, or is it just a little one of those mid-season bumps? Yeah, I think it's a little mid-season wobble that they're on right now, um, but they better figure it out quick because City looked good today. You could even see with the celebrations what it meant to them after the game as well, just all celebrating with the fans and throwing their jerseys into the crowd, and they were hungry for that game. They were definitely hungry, and it was a great game great game to watch but i think arsenal got to figure it out real quick because now's not the time to slip up yeah you can expect you know maybe one or one or two games a little little wobble here and there but this is four now and champions don't do that they don't do that hey guess, guess what everyone as we promised you we'll, we'll find out how he sounds uh but but craig forrest is here craig you look healthy mate you look better you're not green you don't look very brown either, mind you, but uh, it could be the red shirt you're wearing. Um, but no, hey. they, they took the tan away from him at customs. <laughs> he didn't, he didn't declare it. <laughs> I had 36 sunblock on. <laughs> Why would I want to get a tan? Was it a fun trip at least? Oh. Outstanding. What a place. Palm Springs is a great place to hang out. I can see why Jerry Dobson has spent his six months down there. Did you get to see Jerry at all? 
I did. I did. You want to tell me about him golfing, but he, <laughs> he couldn't come alone. So, oh, he came with his wife. He's looking good. He's happy. Is he good? I'm glad to hear it. Yeah. But we offered to say we we had a spot open for golf, and we said if you want to come, it's our treat. Come and play. He's got us a million rounds of golf for nothing over here in the Jerry Dobson Free Golf Tour around Toronto. So, but he goes, oh, I can't do that not without Nancy. <laughs> what? Can, can what the f- <laughs> fuck? Your internet is fucking dreadful. It really is just appalling. And I rebooted and everything. I know. Will, will Jerry come on the show at some point? We keep saying that he'd be a good guest to have. Like, did you mention it to him? No. <laughs> no he would uh, yeah he would come on for sure but you didn't ask him no <laughs> is, my, is this really slow it's really slow it's really it's brutal, man. It's seven second delay at this point I think oh Jeez. my god I can't I can't win for fucking losing here. Like <laughs> my power goes out, my water, no heat. Fucking drinking water out of the toilet. And I'm the cat for water with my cats. <laughs> yeah, we, we told the audience all about it actually. Mm-hmm. We popped on here. Yes, it's a rough one, Craig. Well, stick around. We, well, maybe it'll pop back in better at some point as the podcast goes on. We're talking about the Champions League right now. Arsenal, sorry, Premier League. Arsenal, Man City today. Um, Jimmy, did you see Arteta and De Bruyne kind of get into it on the sidelines? When Arteta, he seemed to do play a little bit of keep away from De Bruyne. Yeah. When he got all, all pissed off and got in his face a little bit, a little shove. I mean, have you had that before where, where you know, someone, a manager or a coach on the sidelines has, has done something, you know, that they shouldn't have done and it just got you, it grinded your gears? Oh, yeah, all the time. Because I, I would, I would, like I would take the throw-ins down the left side most of the time, so if that ball went out, I was the one that was going to pick it up. And as so many times, I was rolling by the manager, and you think, "Oh, he's going to put his foot on it." So you do the old stutter step, and he just lets it go, and he looks at you because you've stutter stepped to get the ball, <laughs> or it's gone into their dugout, and they just boot it away. You're just looking at them, and you're like, "You assholes!" <laughs> Managers all the time, they just let it run over the foot when they can just stop it. So then when I became a manager, I gave it back. You did? Yeah. Frankie, uh, being a fullback in front, of the, in front of the bench, he goes down to take a throw-in, and they want to make a substitution. And Bobby Ferguson, the manager, literally tackles him. No! <laughs> I thought there was somebody in the crowd. He's like, no, he fucking yell up, you're off. Get the fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the tracksuit on him already. There's a couple of uh, altercations that last little while. There was one in the uh, Chelsea Dortmund game today on the sidelines. Like those altercations on the sidelines, right? The melees. I mean, it so rarely amounts to anything. I just don't know what the point is. I understand, you know, you're pushing and shoving. You know, you're tired. You're, you're pissed off about something. But I mean, have you ever been in it when it when it really kicks off? Like I'm talking like old school um, 1980s rugby Wales against England type, you know, all out melees 
Or is no, it just I, been- I've had a lot of scuffles on the pitch with teams and going in the probably against Wolves when I was at Forest, we had a, a huge, huge little brawl in the tunnel. That was a big fight. There the was tunnel. everybody. Yeah, in the tunnel because the way at Molyneux, as you come in, you kind of get trapped in this in the tunnel. And we all came in at the same time. And I think it was Liam O'Kane, one of the assistants, started having to go at uh, Kevin Muscat. Kevin Muscat, he was a wind-up merchant, dirty, dirty player as well. Oh, he could catch anybody. And we uh, they started arguing, going down the tunnel. And then we were all coming in. And it was already a heated, heated match as well. And uh, I remember we were just, everybody was just swinging, left, right, and center. I was in a headlock. I think their physio got me in a, in a lock. And do you remember Butler? It was a big center back that played for, for Wolves. He was a monster of a man. Well, Stern John, who was actually the head coach yeah. of St. Lucia at the moment, he's beside me. I'm in this headlock. And I, as I've come out of this headlock, I look and I'm just, you're just throwing anything just to hit anybody because you're getting smashed at the same time. Well, Stern John yanks Butler's ear. And I mean, yanks it like you wouldn't believe. So as he yanks it, <laughs> Stern John gets hit. Well, as I come out of this headlock, I look and I see him yank it and I see this butler turn around and I just see this big fist lying in my face. <laughs> and you know, in slow motion, we're like, no! <laughs> and luckily, as he was about to throw it, somebody came and jumped on top of me. So it went over my head. <laughs> oh, We came up and everybody, you know, eventually the security comes in, the police come in and they, they break it all up. And Was this post-match or pre-match? It's half time. Half time. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Half-time. And you know, you know, a second half, what, was it a nasty, edgy affair? Or well, you- no, the, the refs, the refs, and everybody came in into the dress room and said, hey, that's it. This ends now. Did you one, get a little- one little tackle, one word, anything. You got someone's getting sent off. Did you get a little purple nurple in there in the scrum? Just like tweeze somebody? Oh yeah, you just you were just throwing just all over the place. Right? You didn't care who you you just looked for that mustard looking shirt and just started throwing them. Get a little purple nurple. Yeah. Was that um was it that uh southern I think western like Samoa on the ground when uh... go ahead. Sorry. When I was on the ground in that melee at West Ham in the net and uh I had nowhere to go except all I could see was this Hawking balls above me, and I thought, "Fuck!" And I just grabbed a hold of it with my glove, and I, I had his lunch kit, and I just, oh my god, he couldn't get away. <laughs> and he, and I'm on the ground, and nobody can see this, but it's like if you did that to a bull, you know what happens to a bull when you're fucking grabbing by the nuts? Well, he went nuts, like he went fucking. He was throwing punches, and at that, point, who was now, it? He's he's sent off, and he's like, "Fucking no wonder," had his nuts in a vice. Oh. Did you it twist was Hager, you twist the Irish guy, and I wouldn't want to fight him. Oh, Jimmy, you know when you got like, and you got it, it's, it's just a butte. And you got the glove, and there's nothing getting out of it. I got the whole lunch kit, mit- fucking meat and two veg. Hey, were you thinking that's that's not a bad package, there, son? <laughs> He's talking it pretty good, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was a handful. <laughs> Who was it? Yeah. Gary Taggart. It wasn't aroused, that's for sure. <laughs> Jerry Taggart. Oh, the Irish center back. 
Yeah, he's a big guy, man. There was so that he, rugby yeah, league player, case. John, John Hopooki, I think his name was, Oof. and uh, he uh, he was renowned for sticking his finger up assholes in in rucks or malls. Maybe it was Union, actually, I guess. And uh, he got done a couple of times for it and got a long ban for it. You can't do that. You just can't do that. You can't give a prostate exam at the bottom of a ruck. I just saw um, a preview of, or sorry, a review of uh, something about Mary. So I'm thinking of Craig grabbing this guy's lunch pail. He got both the Franks and the beans. <laughs> Franks and beans. <laughs> you got everything in those gloves. You know, you mentioned these guys' names. Oh, I was watching man. on, uh, I think on Sky last night, they were having like the 2004, 2005 Premier League year in review. These are great shows. They're amazing. And all these characters from that era of football, right? They actually showed Norwich, Jimmy. Were you, play, were you, were you at Norwich in 2004? Uh, yes, I think I was. Yes. Okay. You were. So I don't know if you were playing in that game or not. And Norwich won the game. I forget. It was very quick. But anyway, all, all these characters back in that era, right? In like the uh, 2000, mid-2005s around there. You got the Paul Scholeses and the Roy Keens and the Thierry Henrys. You got Harry Redknapp and the sidelines. Sir Alex Ferguson, Steven Gerrard. Like, that was a great era, wasn't it? Oh, it was amazing. It was amazing. And I don't know whether it's because we're so I'm so close to the game now that I don't notice the characters or whether they're just not there anymore. It just it does seem mm. that that era in particular was something really special in English football. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Well, if you guys were going to name somebody, right. who would who would right now be at least close to a personality? Who's the biggest personality? Not just athletically, because I'd say Holland's at someone who can, but he, you know, he's being he's being managed. Who is it? A is it a manager? Is it a gaffer? Or is it a player that you can go? That guy is out there a little bit, which is great. I don't think you can. Like you, there's no players right now in the Premier League that could replicate certain people and players that had a bit about them back in the day. You know, like a, a Cantona. Mm. There's no other Cantona. Jack Grealish has a bit about him, I think. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, he does. I give him that. Yeah. That's one. I mean, we're searching right now. I mean, I'm trying to think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, okay, Klopp and Pep, I think they'd fit in in that era, right? They're, they're big personalities. Pep's a little bit odd. Um, but players-wise, yeah. I mean, like you look yeah. at all kind of like sanitized. They're brilliant athletes, but the personality is hidden from us. Yeah, so much. The the thing is too, especially Craig. When we were over there, you had to have a big personality. If you didn't have a big personality, you were in trouble over there. If you didn't have a, <laughs> much about you, you you would get destroyed in the dressing room. They'd send destroyed very quickly. Yeah, you had to be clued in every single day. Banter had to be going. It yeah. was a it was a sphincter had to be tight. There. Yeah, apparently. back to the wall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's oh, just yeah. A bit of a, I mean, this tighter than a camel's ass in a sandstorm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that weird. Not like we're whining, complaining about. It's so delayed. It's not like we're whining, complaining about. Um, you know, the game today is great today, right? I think the the sport itself is fantastic, right? Um, I'm not saying it's better than it was in in the 80s, 90s, or early 2000s, but it's just different. It's faster pace for sure. I think there's, there's more world-class players now, but you do lack that kind of 
that personality. Yeah. Um, and don't get me wrong. I do. I do enjoy the football today. I do. I love it. I love the pace of the games, the tempo. I love everything mm-hmm. about it. You know, but yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. You, you do miss that a couple of those couple of players that just had that little chip on their shoulder. Who's Roy Keane now? Name me. Who, who's, who's the closest to Roy Keane? No. Right. You couldn't get away with Roy Keane. He would, he would, he couldn't play in this modern era. No well, way. Well, he could play. You just have to temper his self. Like, Can be breaking. Yeah, if you if you looked at oh, back then, the central midfielders, Vinnie Jones, uh, Roy Keane, Dennis Wise, Paul Scholes, even right. What's that? Paul Scholes. Paul Scholes had that little bite. He would leave one on you. Stevie Gerrard had that little bite. He would leave one on you as well. You know, there were some some players back then. Mahan. Yeah, it was crazy. I mean, Kevin De Bruyne yeah. is brilliant, right? He's brilliant. He'd fit in any generation, any era of football. But he's not someone you, you look forward to the post-game interview for, is he? Right? No, that means you, you got oh. spoiled with Robbie Savage, DJ's buddy. Mm-hmm. Or Jimmy Bullard. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Well, I, see, yeah maybe, I don't know why it is. Maybe it's... Maybe it is this this fear of British players, right? And and that banter, that locker room banter, which we love, but a lot of people look down upon it, right? Um, yeah. Maybe that's why there's this what thirty two percent British players now, I think, in the prem or English players in the prem. Yeah, the rest mm-hmm. are you know uber professional Europeans or South Americans, right? Just different. Yeah, that's a fact. Uh, Chelsea fell to Dortmund. Two wins in 13 yeah, games. Two wins in 13 games for Chelsea under Graham Potter, but they played pretty well today. They actually had chances. Jao Felix could have had a couple of goals, came really close. I'm not sure if you, do you see the goal, the winning goal for Dortmund. Just burned Enzo Fernandez on the outside, end to end. It was beautiful, Craig. Really? What, were you watching the Arsenal Arsenal match, Man City, Craig? I was. Oh, so you weren't watching the City game? <laughs> I was. <laughs> Remember I told you this morning, Dan? Did anyone watch the Chelsea game? I said, City are going to win their title. Yeah, he did. I he, did not. That's what he said. Yeah. 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 So, Jimmy, did you watch the Chelsea game? No, I watched City. City okay. Arsenal. Wonga, did you watch the Chelsea game? No, I switched into... I switched. I didn't want to. I, we were on Fubo. I didn't want to switch into the zone. Um, but the other thing was yesterday's match, PSG, and uh, we didn't get to talk about that. PSG oh, oh. and Bayern. Right. Well, just quickly about this. The the Adiemi goal. Just sorry, very quickly. You get you'll, you'll see it right. Adiemi uh, wins the ball. It's a counter attack just outside the uh, the Chelsea area. He just dribbles, and it's like one on one with Enzo Fernandez, hundred and thirty million pound player. And he's just this turn of speed, boom, just burns him on the outside. You've got to see it. It's an incredible goal. Mm. And uh, Fernandez played well, but, uh, I mean, that, that wasn't so great. But sorry, you got one. Sorry, back to uh, yesterday. Well, Alfonso Davies, a perfect cross and a perfect finish. And I have to say, Bayern looked dangerous um, the whole match. And, and until Mbappe got on, second half, uh, Neymar didn't do much. They couldn't get him the ball. Uh, Messi had one run. That was it. It was it was actually 
you know, I, I said during the World Cup, how do they lose PSG with the firepower they have? And I have to say, they don't look, uh, unless Mbappe's on there, mm-hmm. they don't look dangerous. They're reportedly they, they, they're dying to get rid of Neymar. They want him out. There's, mm. there's, there's quite a few stories right now in, in France how he's having these huge parties at home, huge parties, and the local council, like, fine him. The police get called all the time. And the council are finding him like 135 euros. And uh, he doesn't care, right? But it's Wait, 135 euros? Or like, yeah. yeah. What the hell? That's, that's a noise complaint, basically, right? That's a yeah. penny to him. Yeah. So it, it, apparently it's a regular yeah. thing. And it's, it's a noise, just, noise violation. I love yeah. this, Neymar. Me too. Other than, I think that's fantastic. Yeah. That brings up a, out, a, a story from Alec, Alec McKechnie at the LA Lakers when Shaquille O'Neal had exactly the same problem. And the police officer came to the door and he said, how about I give you a check for 10 grand? You can let me know when my, <laughs> my limit's up. <laughs> Good old noise complaints. Eh? Instead of coming back, give me yeah. tickets all the time. Yeah, <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll tell you one thing though. Going back to the the Champions League, it sets it all up for a, a great second round. By the way, a great replay because Chelsea's Chelsea's going back now, one nil down, no mm-hmm. problem. I think they could be comfortable there. Going back to Stamford Bridge, even PSG and and Bayern. I think PS. I think Bayern's going to be. They're they're worried. They're definitely worried about their top three. That's for sure. So it won't be the same match. And then even Milan Tottenham. Right? Yeah. Going back to one, one, going back to Tottenham now, one nil, mm-hmm. one nil down. It leaves it for exciting matches, that's for sure. Because there's nothing worse when you play the first one and it's like five nil. Oh, yeah. this stinks. Yeah. yeah. I mean even Benfica, they won two nil against Club Rouge today, right? Yeah. Uh, Tejon Buchanan, by the way, was really good in that game on, on the losing effort. He was he was excellent. So it's been been good games. Uh, apparently, uh, I'm, I'm reading here actually. Todd Bowley was seen in Paris talking to the PSG heads, and there are reports or rumors, speculation about Chelsea making a bid for Neymar this summer. <laughs> That's all they need, <laughs> isn't it? I would love that. Do you think Graham Potter just says, "You know, I'm going to hide into nothing here. Either it's going to click brilliantly, <laughs> or I'm done. I'm just out." You know, I mean, all these high price players. That, that ownership will only have so much patience for for him, obviously. That's a click quickly. <laughs> well, I mean, they, they look good, though. Honestly, the, the game today, they had their chances. They could have scored three or four goals. They really could have done. It's, they're that close, it seems, to really clicking. So, Starks and Carey were, should have been excited today, or at least I, I optimistic just, for the next next match. I think if they stick with Potter, I think he's going to figure it out. I really do. Mm. Yeah, It might be too late in the season, but... Even even that match today, that's you guys all know that's not an easy place to go and play. Dortmund is very very difficult. Jude Bellingham and it created that many chances against them. Yeah, that's promising. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Jude Bellingham captain again. Teenager, it's quite yeah. amazing, just amazing. But yeah, Dortmund's a, a good team. So yes, it's a fun midweek action tomorrow. Man, U's playing Barcelona, of course, in the Europa League. That's uh, that's an interesting one. Should be on the Champions League, right? But uh, why are you laughing? Because <laughs> yeah, it's the Europa League. I know that's all. It. It's Barcelona, Man U, though, right? Still, like it's yeah, something. it's pretty cool actually. Barcelona's playing great, like great. I think they're unbeaten in sixteen games right now. So uh, it's, it's actually two teams that are really Champions League quality teams that that aren't there. So 
maybe a little foreshadowing for next year's tournament. Um, did the, you see the, the Qataris are sniffing around there for ownership, eh? Yeah, the deadline's this Friday. Deadline's yeah, this Friday. I'm not sure how they're going to swing that in a way that that's supposed to be completely different and uh, different people, you know, but the bottom line is it comes from the same pot of money. Yeah, they can't do it by the UEFA rules. They can't do it. Own both PSG and they'll figure it out. Yeah, they'll figure it out. Yeah, there'll be some shell company opened up. You know, yeah, they're, they're the owners. Jesus, I'm so bored. I'm so bored, fellas, of talking about soccer and money and financials right now. But we have to talk about it. It's such a big, big thing, both internationally and also domestically, right? Bev Bev Priestman was talking today. Oh, yeah, saw this. Uh, you know, there were reports in the Guardian. Right, so legitimate reports that she was uh, entertaining a move away from from Canada. Now she came out today and said, "No, that is not the case." Um, she obviously, having won the gold medal, she's approached frequently with opportunities, um, but she's loyal to those players, and and I believe her. And Sophie Schmidt was saying yesterday how she was going to retire. She was so sick and tired of this whole nonsense, and in the end, Beth Priestman and and, and Sinky convinced her not to. So. I, I yeah, I said Sinky. Uh, <laughs> I say that, and I yelling to that longer. But um, so I, I assume that she's in it for at least through the World Cup anyway. But then, could you blame anyone, even John Herbman? I mean, does it give more valid- validity to those reports about New Zealand? You know, I mean, it must be frustrating as hell as a coach because you're torn, right, Craig? If you're a coach, your your, your employer is Canada Soccer. You're loyal to your players. You're really caught in the middle there. And you're not supposed to be approached by anybody. You're under contract. It's actually an illegal approach. Anybody approaching anybody at that stage. Tampering. You have to go through. You're supposed to get a hold of the association. It's tampering. You're not, you're not supposed to be doing it. I don't even know why they're talking about it. Like, <laughs> it's, that's what's blowing my mind. But it happens. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. It's kind of that unwritten rule, right? It, it does happen. And I mean, from, from Bev's standpoint, even John Herbman's standpoint, if someone, if your phone rings... Oh, who's this? Hello? Hi, it's Chelsea. Can we hi? How are you? Like, oh, shit. He, he, I just broke rules. It's not his fault, is it? So, you know, mm-hmm. there's more to it. There's more to it. But uh, it continues. Yeah. The CSB had a statement over the weekend, uh, end of the weekend, saying how they uh, – uh, basically they're saying that we are open to talking about how we can get these the, the women's team games and home soil, how we can bridge the gap here. It seems like – I've heard nothing since. Uh, the women wouldn't talk about it yesterday. They had legal advice. You know, the, the conference call yesterday was really good, actually. A lot of clarity, a lot of emotion, a lot of passion coming through. But they couldn't really answer too many questions, you know, that we didn't know the answer to already uh, for legal reasons. And, and, and you understand that. But do you, do you think, Jimmy, the CSB statement suggests hope or... Is it just something they really yeah, have? I think, I think, you know, with, with the CSB and, and you know, the, the ownership that, that's involved with it, they're, they're, here for, they're here for the right reasons. They, they want to grow the game in, this Canada, in, in Canada. They want to be successful, right? They want to provide platform for Canadians and, and develop our own and, and build a domestic league that we're all proud of. So they're here for the right reasons. And if there's any opportunity, I believe – that they can help the men's game, winning women's game, um, and the development of this of of our country and our sport. I they'll never walk away from it. They they would love to sit at the table and help. 
Yeah, you're right. And that's really important, Jimmy. And as far as anybody anticipating that there would be a a tear-up of a contract and then starting again, that's not happening. I mean, really, when you look at what happened there, Jimmy, too, with the CSB, you got the owners of the CPL. They know they're going to be sucking on sucking their win as far as losing revenue during this process and the way to give them a little dangle of carrot in front of them was the fact that to be part of this group that would be going out yeah they pay the csa three four million dollars they go out and then they have in charge sponsorship so they have a chance maybe down the road they've never taken a penny to this point i think they put nine million bucks in last year 2019 into it they haven't taken anything yet and the fact that they're reporting that they could could possibly be making, you know, $25, $35 million in revenue a year is not happening. That's They're not anywhere happening. close to that. That's it's not, that's not even Hockey Canada numbers. Like, that's not, like they're, they're that's dreaming. The most, right, Jimmy? Yeah, it's the most ridiculous thing I've ever read. That, that is never, ever, ever going to happen. And listen, anybody thinks that you, you're going to start a, a sports team and you're going to make millions and millions and you're, you're crazy. You know, these people do it because they, they love the game. They potentially think there's going to be some good value. They're helping grow the game. But, you know, they're they're losing money. They're doing it because they love it and they got a passion for it. And they're trying to build it before the, the World Cup. And hopefully, you know, they're, they're getting something back. But, you know, they people forget that, you know, these, mm-hmm. these owners are the inter- one of hand the things about the U.S. system. Roll this game. Yeah. Yeah, one thing about the U.S. system, you look at some – soccer united marketing which is basically the same thing where they're outsourced their mls their u.s soccer federation they're running everything there were some conflicts and it wasn't perfect but they raised and made a lot of money and they were good at it and it's that deal is run ended because the u.s soccer federation think they can do it themselves better and this year they're going to run at least a 25 million dollar loss so it's not as easy as you think to do to do this. Yeah, they're paying some so much money, but the sum was also made up of MLS owners for the same type of reason. Losing money at MLS, raising fees because you know that there's a marketing wing that's actually going to come back to you with everything that's soccer related. So those business guys, there's nothing wrong, I don't think, with them winning to a certain extent is either because like Dan said, and is brilliant, I think, the Canadian soccer business gambled on our teams and our Canadian soccer association did not. And Canada soccer business looks like the winner here, but they're not in it just to rake all this money in. They're in it to build a sport. They're in it. Like for Jimmy said, the right reasons. And I think that there's some misconceptions about what this all is about, but all these guys are the only ones that have actually invested into Canada soccer. They're the ones that have put their money where they're in a very difficult position where I'm not sure I would have. Yeah. And they've done it. So if they make a bit of money out of it, good for them. Yeah, good for them. And the thing is, too, you got to remember... That's a long with, way down the road. Even even with one soccer, you've got to give them credit. They took a gamble. They wanted to come in and help support this game, help grow it. Nobody else wanted to. No. You know what? I, I also have to say the other company... Uh, is Footy Prime. We, uh, we, our time, our effort, you know, the star put some, uh, helped us sell us ourselves. We are one of those companies like One Soccer 
<laughs> just like the same. Yeah, just the same. But you know what? I mean, I think it's important though to acknowledge that. I mean, listen. But I, I think, think we are sympathetic to the players, right? We, we've shown that, right? But it's important to acknowledge that that deal that was signed in 2018 with the CSP, right, at the time made sense. We can acknowledge that right now in the current landscape, it's not a good deal. It's a 10 year deal. Why yeah. sign a 10 year deal? Why sign reportedly an option for 10 more years? That's the issue. And, and the players deserve to see the numbers and the deal. If they haven't seen, they deserve that 100. But that's not to say that this group are a bunch of evil money grabbers. I don't think they are. You guys explain it very well there. They're not. They are in it to commit and to grow the game in this country as well. I, I watch social media, all these so-called experts who don't know what the fuck they're talking about. They've picked their side and they're refusing to even look at the other side. There are yeah. two stories here. And it's really important that as a, as a collective, as a Canadian soccer industry, where we realize that and present both sides. You can support the players and their rights to all the information while also acknowledging mm-hmm. at least someone committed to Soccer Canada five years ago, even if the deal isn't great now. Yeah, yeah well, I would never blame I mean, blame CSB. They have business in the name of their company. Their job is to profit. <laughs> what are we talking about here? It's not Canadians. CSB. Canadian soccer charity. Yeah, exactly. Canadian soccer nonprofit. It's not, that's not what it is. So... I don't blame them. You know, the biggest play is let's get to the bottom of it. And if we were going to do a Venn diagram, it's always the Canadian Soccer Association in the middle. And if it's not being run transparently, if it's not being run efficiently, fairly, equitably, then let's get to the bottom of it. But you can't sit there and blame, to your point, a company that bet on, as I said to Kreger, they bet on the national soccer teams doing well, both men and women. The Canadian Soccer Association did not. They played defense and they said, we'll take what we can get and got themselves in a 10-year contract with a, I think, an extension, extended another 10 years opportunity. That's reported. Yeah, I want to hear it. It is. I don't know. I yeah, just no, we'll keep hearing that right. I haven't seen the deal. No, but no one has seen the deal. That's the other thing. Like, and so what it was funny because Mark Noonan was being uh, interviewed by Andy Petrillo and the comment from Mark Noonan was, who is the now new president of the CPL and of uh, Canadian soccer business is, Oh, that's a confidential uh, agreement that we can't talk about. That's a with Canadian soccer association. Um, and so Canadian Soccer Association, if you ask them, I think their answer may be the exact same. Yeah. And you're sitting there going, well, you, how are you supposed to report back to the product, which are the players and who are your third partner? Well, the players say, one of the players say that they never saw the deal before it was signed. Of course they didn't. So, so, and if that's the case, and I I believe them, um, how is that possible? Yeah, that's... That's How awful. is it allowed? Like, I mean, I, I love that the players now have solidarity and, and they're grouping together to enforce change. That's brilliant. Where was this this solidarity five years ago? Right? The, the success of the men's team. This is what Janine Becky said and, and Christian Sinclair said. The success of the men's team has really shown them the, the, the equity issues in the program and really weaponized them, I guess, in many ways. So it's finally come to a head. It's too bad it didn't happen years ago. Because then mm. CSP deals wouldn't be signed without the approval of the players. 
right? Um, it's it's not as clear cut as pretty much every opinion out there seems to suggest. And I think people will hammer us for this, and I don't really care, quite honestly. <laughs> well, we we picked a sh- we picked a night that Amy's not on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, one of the issues, you, which is fine. One of the issues too is that. <laughs> There's something brewing with the men's team and the women and the men are not talking the silos of, you know, you got this CSB silo and we can't talk about this. And then you got this. And one thing about us that's different than one soccer is that we're not, we're not tied to anybody. We're not no. trying to skewer anybody. We're not trying to do anything damaging, but we do want to try and get it as right as we possibly can. And sometimes even when we did Vontas, you only know what you know. And we didn't know some of that stuff. And I, I was told that he he didn't even know it was coming down. Our podcast created this shitstorm with them inside too, where they ended up posting three days later that they were suing the women's team. Ooh, so we caused we caused issues, Craig. We caused issues, yeah. Oh well, that we caused issues. Yeah, but these are the things you know, and I have not yet seen because it's not the case that the men are united in equality and equal pay there's an issue there because if they were and they put a statement out united as a group and the women were united we're working together because collectively we know they would be pretty powerful but they're not they're all taught like the women come out and talk there's there's no communication between them there's an american lawyer doing everything he's the guy that's racking up some massive fees i hope they don't get the ass ripped out of them when they, this is all over because it's just to me the communication breakdown is just mind blowing. The lack of leadership, like let's expose all this line. This is what's going on. This is the future. This is our budget. This is what we're trying to do. These are the realities of it all, but nobody seems to be doing that. And then until the men actually unite. And I, I got to think, and we and Danny were talking about this before was that, you know, there's certain battles you can win and there's certain battles that you're going to take on. There's certain ones you got to, you just don't equality for pay is not one of them they're probably fighting about bonuses the actual bonuses because getting to the world cup and the revenue and economics of the men's game is so much bigger they have an argument for that okay they do but the bottom line is we're in a situation here where our men benefit from playing with a canadian national team they play professionally they make a decent amount of money they get promoted while here so do the women they put the maple leaf on and people watch on tv more than you know they they have trouble with league football so there's everybody is benefiting and why can't they all just join together and get together and make it work to a point nick bonds the players that's the problem. That's why they don't have the money for funding now because he's given away all the money to them. And let's remember, out of that $26 million I said, a third of that's coming from young players, registration players, some youth players that are helping support you for the chance for maybe one day they'll get support. But if there's no support for them, then what happens? So there's a bit of give and take here by everybody. Do you think and it just though, needs to be sorry. negotiated and talked to and, and then build that trust? Yeah, well, this is the question. One of the things when we did our review of our Nick Bontis podcast, one of the things is, is it is it too late for the regime that's in there now, Canadian soccer? I want to hear from both of you. Do you think mm-hmm. it's too late for them to be to turn it around and to create a you know, a bridge of trust or 
are these gentlemen, Nick Bontis, Earl Cochran, the the board of directors, um, not just gentlemen, but the board of directors, are they seen as us against them and there's no working with them because there's just no trust, which I totally understand with the systemic failures that have been happening at Canadian soccer, the Canadian Soccer Association? It's a very good question, Dan. I'm not sure. Sure that the general public are in Nick Bontis's favor. I mean, what they made the World Cup under him. They he's done. They've done some good things as a team under him. They're not giving him any credit for that, and he probably doesn't deserve any for that. But he's taken a lot of heat, and I'm not sure he can turn it around. I, I'm not sure that some deserved and some undeserved too. After I him, would no assume. What. Absolutely, absolutely. Like he's he's tried to do the right thing by giving away eighty percent of all that money to the women and men, forty and forty and twenty, and they're paying for family and friends to go over there. They're running at a debt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, on a World would. Cup year, we just made the World Cup. We're running on a fucking debt. What is going on here? Like this, this should really be the case. And I think it's important to realize that the, you know the, the money, the ten million from FIFA, comes in to the bank, like actually in the bank in March, right? And this obviously negotiating who gets what. It's probably going to end up being around forty percent each, right? Approximately. Yes. So eighty percent. It's twenty percent left for the CSA. That's not much. That's for all the youth programs. All the other. That's not a much, right? So obviously, and that's how the CSB comes in here. But that question, Wonga, about can can um, the current leadership fix this? Um, that was asked to the players yesterday, and they didn't say it couldn't. But they were saying we do feel we need governance governance reform from the top down. They did say that. Um, now, what does that mean? I don't know. For me, I mean, is being very naive. It's simple, right? If if Canada Soccer call them up tomorrow and say, "Hey, by the way, we're emailing you all our financial documents as you want them," um, and maybe they have, um, then that's what the players wanted, and we're going to get talking to the CSB and try and convince them to show you the documents, then that is progress, is it not? That's the players, that's all the players are asking for right now. No, no, I, I absolutely, yeah, absolutely it's progress, but I, there's this always this bridge too far for me, and I'm always just sitting there going, um, you know, this isn't new. Craig, Jimmy, all the guys we know on the Canadian national team that we've seen, Pesci, like every guy we've talked to have said, hmm. this isn't the first time this has happened. We just... It was small potatoes at the time, and we couldn't be bothered. Like, I just can't imagine the distraction for Bev Priestman, every one of those players that's going to be at the She Believes Cup. Playing tomorrow. Playing tomorrow with Fubo TV. They told us to push it. Fubo TV, 7 p.m. tomorrow. One soccer, right? On on one soccer on Fubo. Yep. Uh, Against the U.S., 7 p.m. Eastern, Thursday. But for – and then the frustration, you know – we're lucky enough to have access to the insights of Amy Walsh, right? And just, you know, when we had our our kind of breakdown of our Nick Bontis interview, you know, she had a rough weekend. She felt she felt injured. She felt saddened by what was happening. And I'm not going to speak for her, but just listen to the podcast again. But, you know, we're we're acting as um we need to not with Craig, Amy, and Jimmy, they're actual players. You and I can just go, well, what happened there? Like I'm trying to be as neutral as possible. And I just keep mm-hmm. seeing why didn't Nick Bontis know 
that this was this close. Where where's his blind spot? And the blind spot to me seems that he lacks communication with the players, with whoever's supposed to be the liaison, saying, hey, things aren't growing great, right? Like, they just were, they're doing this big tournament, she believes cup, and he didn't know that this was coming down the track? They, like, that's mm-hmm. incredible to me. Well, I mean, how do we not find out prior that there'd be massive cuts? And I'm not saying Nick should have said it on a podcast, but no. how, how did that not get out? That there yeah. massive budget cuts because that was done a couple of weeks before was it not a week before yeah right that was very I, i'm surprised i didn't get out somewhere that was opaque, opaque is right now who, who have a hotline to certain players we know yeah. we know that right yeah why did it not come out mm-hmm. and, and then explain it right one one thing that's interesting guys is that remember there was a, a report out that uh, a government branch would look at the CSA, well, if I got news for everybody on that one, if the government get involved, FIFA are going to get involved and they're going to slap Canada. They're not going to fuck around when there's government involvement. They bin teams. For the right reasons or the wrong reasons, they don't mess with if government get involved they won't they won't handle it they won't deal with it you know yeah yeah, it's a great point craig and you mentioned that before i think when the men were uh, striking saying be careful because before you know it your association has been hammered Mm -hmm. they don't like teams skipping on games no they were okay doing that friendly to a point but Mm -hmm. what if you did that to a CONCACAF or like anything involved with fifa and banned from club football too it's a it's a they're keeping a close eye on this they know okay canada christ last june jesus they didn't play that match they they bought they did what okay i'm sure they spoke to them and now oh what's happening there something else now is happening there i mean lot listen we've got some opinions on fifa but this could go pear-shaped quickly unless they get find a solution soon and just I hate that fucking word transparency i said more yeah. the last two weeks i said the word transparency more times than the rest of my life combined but that's it <laughs> yeah right that's hey, really that's think about this too what a reality for our national team at the moment they're not going to get friendlies from european teams coming to canada they want to play more european teams they're going to have to go over there they're going to get a fee for going over there but there's also countries going this team isn't necessarily going to play they pulled out of games before and if we take them on as a as an exhibition game friendly and they end up don't doing it me as a general manager of Poland or whoever it is, Austria, are you going to go play? Or because the warning signs were there because this team's done it before. So it's not easy getting opposition for Canada. We're not the most popular team in the world right now. No, we're not. We're not. Yeah. So, I mean, listen, I, I look forward to our next podcast and there'll be some reaction, I'm sure, from this podcast. Just to, you know, go back. We are trying to be balanced in our, in our commentary. We are very sympathetic to the players, but it's not quite as straightforward mm-hmm. as they're evil, they're good, right? It ain't that simple, despite what everyone seems to be saying right now yeah. uh, on social media. And I'll, I'll add to that as well about the Nike contract. That Nike contract was a long contract uh, that was no- negotiated by the Canadian Soccer Association. Fucking shit. In 2026, we're going to be the only country that's hosting a World Cup that's not getting any money for wearing their shirts. Like, 
I don't think Canada's trucker business would have signed that deal. I'm, I'm so. Yeah, it's a good point. You know, Craig, your, your internet's dying even more now. You got that out. Thankfully, it's a good way. Barely, barely got it out. Barely, but we yeah. could tell. It was almost like he was swearing and they were cutting the swearing out automatically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? You know what, though, Wong? I mean, the, the, the listeners were really looking forward to Craig's opinion and all this. Yeah. And, and they got it today. Yeah. Well, you know what? We should we should start planning our first 2023 in-person event. Yeah. Uh, and maybe in the next two weeks, three weeks, we'll start planning that for this early spring. Mm-hmm. So you can get ask everyone everything. I mean, the the uh, we want to thank everyone for answering our questions, for interacting with us on Twitter. We really appreciate it because it gives us food for thought. It helps us create content for ourselves. And it actually allows us to be introspective about how we perform as not just media guys, but producers, uh, hosts across the board, and fair how fair we are. And, you know, with uh, everyone has biases, and we're stuck in that place where we're learning as we go. This is new for us. We don't all, we didn't know we'd be the authority being quoted by other, by One Soccer, by Canadian Soccer Daily, by all these other outlets are quoting us and our interviews. And so we're not bashing Bontis per se, but Nick Bontis is the president and he's their spokesperson. And so we had to do, we had to be fair to him and fair to ourselves in that interview, you know? So, and that's a good point. I want to make this very clear because I've always thought this, when you invite a guest on your show, you can ask them pointed questions. I hate it when, when associations ask for questions first and they've never done that with Nick just to be clear. Um, and, but it happens with the club football in particular. They want the questions for, I hate that with a passion, but we'll always ask the, the pertinent, important questions, hard questions, but we'll always respect the guest as well. Yeah, and I, there's one thing else too, and just for everyone to understand, a lot of the times this is virtual. The algorithm helps whoever's talking more. It's harder to read body language. It's harder, all of these things that go into a perfect interview there, it's not always easy when you're doing things over the over this virtual world we're living in right now. Especially Craig's internet. Especially with Craig's internet. It's better in Palm Springs, for fuck's sake. It, it, it was. was better in Palm Springs. <laughs> it was. All right, let's, let's say uh, farewell. Uh, let's Do our mentions, Sharps? Yeah, yeah, Fubo TV mentioned them already, but uh, this weekend, big games coming up in... The Premier League, so fubotv.com slash footy prime and uh, sprinkle a little money on some of these games. I had a good day today, by the way. Oh, tell me about it. I had 40 bucks today. North Star Bets, footybets.ca. <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it was a parlay. It's like I had um, a De Bruyne assist, Harlan goal, City win. Five bucks won me like 40 bucks. Yay. I've been good recently, been doing pretty well. I, well, I mean, you and Jimmy are showing us the way. That's fantastic. No, I can afford to uh, bet on snooker on North Star Bets. Yes, yes. Snooky, Snooky Prime. That's all fixed <laughs> anyway. It's all oh, fixed. No, they've been banned, those players, you asshole. <laughs> <laughs> oh, have they? Oh, good. They have. There's a big... Wasn't there a big drug problem back in the 80s and 90s? <laughs> oh, yeah. Too? It was rock and roll, man. Snooker was rock oh, and roll. The, the Canadian Guys were rock stars. Kirk Stevens got done for it. Um, Cliff Thorburn, Cliff has Kirk been. Stevens, and Bill Werber. Yeah, because weren't they like partying their asses off, but then taking a drug that chilled you out and like no, allowed you well, to concentrate? 
Bill Werbenick, uh beta blockers was a, a, quite a large man, and he would drink as many as 22 pints during a snooker match. Uh, I saw him at the Port Moody Inn, which happened to be a strip bar. I, I didn't know that when I was walking in, but of course it, it was. <laughs> anyway, he's sitting there, and I'm like, hey, it's Bill Werbenick. Nobody knew who he was. He's got a short T-shirt. His gut's hanging out. If, if everybody Googles Bill Werbenick, you'll know exactly what I mean. He's massive man. Terrific guy. Guts hanging out, and he orders four pints at a time. <laughs> and, he would, and he would take beta blockers during the matches as well. And then they made that illegal, so he was all fucked up. Yeah, I think he had the beta blockers controlled the shakes yeah. or something, right? I think it was. Oh, the shakes of the hangover, like the I, the, I the, the tremors. I'm not entirely sure, but I think I love this story. I like that we're just surmising. I know. Allegedly, <laughs> allegedly. Yeah. And Kirk was a uh, and... <laughs> Kirk Stevens yeah. was a good-looking guy. He was a party animal. Cliff Thorburn, absolute legend. They used to get slaughtered because he's called the grinder. He was the slowest player in the world. Yeah. Oh, and he was. He was. They'd be like, "You're fucking, you're fucking, mate, Cliff Thorburn. Can you get him in a fucking hurry up." <laughs> he would grind uh, you down. Yeah, Cook Stevens would wear a white tuxedo. He was yeah. cool, man. Long hair, brutal mullet. Yeah. He was brilliant. He's um, he died, didn't he? I think. I believe. It. Maybe I'm. I should probably check that. Hang on. Cliff Thorburn said they play golf. They. They play golf together, apparently, Cliff Thorber said, but that was a couple of years ago, unless something happened. But he invited me uh, to go play with him one day. I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You kidding me? Kirk Stevens is alive. <laughs> <laughs> I really apologize, Kirk. And if by any weird way you, you hear this podcast, we would love to get you on this show because that would be a wicked interview. The 80s snooker world. Wow. Well, we just did some promotion. Can, also mention, uh, also mention that uh, Craig's been uh, talking to Max Crapo, the uh, the hero of the MLS final, and uh, we're going to get him on in the next week or so, or next couple of weeks, and hopefully John Herdman makes another appearance. Mm-hmm. Yep, we're trying lots of angles, there, but not Sean Dyche. We're not getting Sean Dyche. No, no, because uh-oh. Jimmy Jimmy played with them and they hate each other. I guess is that it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's it. We'll be back on uh, Friday, right? With yeah. Amy. With and Amy. The point of view and opinion as this story will probably take on some new roads by then. And of course, we'll have a Canada USA match to talk about from tomorrow. So I hope you enjoyed that, everyone. Mm-hmm. Keep buying newspapers and cheers for listening. Oh, let's go. Booty, booty. It's time to get this party started. Booty, booty. It's time to get this party started. You know that we are the number one show. So grab your fucking mitts and now it's time to go. Cause it's the booty booty. It's time to get this party started. It's the booty booty. It's time to get this party started. With Danny, Jimmy, Gregor, Donnie, Jimmy, and JC. All we know and all we talk about is booty booty. It's time to get this party started tonight. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.